Welcome to Subway Sports Talk. Dan, 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 clear of the closing doors, please. Welcome to Subway Sports Talk. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning into SST on Apple Podcasts app, Spotify, and on YouTube. Week 10 already. Can you believe it? Yes, we can. It's time for Week 10 NFL Picks, of course, with Pat Boyle and Mark Shenlugan. Quick recap of last week. Very uh, mediocre, very mediocre week for the boys. 2-2-1 two, two and one for yours truly with the tie on the Chargers minus three. Pat Boyle and Mark Shenlugan both at two and three. A little bit of a come down to earth after our dominant week eight. So week nine was a little bit more mid as the kids are calling it these days. So Pat Boyle, what's up? How are we feeling entering week 10? Whoa, as the kids are calling it, huh? Don't lump us into the boomer group just yet, man. Relax. I use <laughs> mid all the time. No, I know. I know. I do work at a high school though. Uh, and I do hear the kids specifically saying these things so that's that's where my head's at right now that's where my head's at all right so you're you're on this you're on this scent you're on the trail i'm out here i'm out here in the wild with the youngins pete i can honestly say i've never used that term in my life so i might as well be 45 50 years old um that still i guess is roaming the uh roaming the high school hallways so (laughs) it it is it is what it is (laughs) it's called called just listen to music and be in tune with culture yeah culture yeah that's what they call it over there at the da show i guess when you produce it oh over there. can i ask you pat can i ask you how many people your friends and whatnot hit you up this week to talk about mraz and his uh his his poopy pants accident i just i've seen it all over twitter and instagram my mom actually called me because i guess boomer and geo <laughs> were talking about it on the fan and she goes who are they talking about this producer raz <laughs> raz <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's, that's the guy, Marat. This guy I fill in for when I work on the DA show. I was like, yeah. she goes, what he, he had an accident? I was like, yeah, he shit his pants on air. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was funny because, and if anyone who doesn't know, just go on Twitter and type in M-A-R-Z, poopy poop pants or pants. I don't know. It'll come up. You don't have to look that hard to find it. But basically, they're joking about something. And if you watch the video they put out, like they're laughing pretty good. Like they're laughing. Not crazy laughing. And then all of a sudden, DA makes one more joke and it kind of sent him off the deep end. And uh, then all of a sudden, he just left, exit stage left instantly. And everyone else is cracking up. Uh, tough, tough look for your boy there, Pat. I don't know. Is that fair to say he's your boy? I think it's, I, I never worked with him over there. Yeah, he, he is my boy. And I, you know what? He's committed. He's committed to it. So he is going to take that in stride and he's going to take whatever publicity comes with it. And it's going to be good for him, as disgusting and as. Off-putting as that is, that was a that was a great moment for him. Honestly, yesterday that happening. All press is good press, except for the poop pressed against your leg. That's usually not good. But other than that, a big big time win. I agree. It almost goes back to your uh, your couch situation with with Boomer. Um, that you know you flipped into a positive. I think because you handled it like an adult in hindsight, and I think it worked out all right. Right? Is that fair to say? Yeah. 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 It's it's all about you're gonna get knocked down, but how you how you get back up off the mat? That's what people remember. That's what it's all about. That's what we're doing here after our two game under 500 week nine combined. That's combined between all of us, just two games under 500, trying to climb back up. Uh, we are making moves in the correct direction, more or less, to get back there, and uh, we're gonna do it again now. So, uh, Pat, I think you started for us last week. 
Uh, so, Mark, why don't you kick us off with your first pick of week number 10? Oh, I thought it was, you know, last week leading it off. But I'll, I'll go first. It's all, it's all good. But was that last week's loser anyway? Um, doesn't no, you guys tied. You, had, you both were the tied for losers. And but since he went and he went first last night, I just gave it to you. Ah, all right. Well, pick number one, Peter and Patrick, is the uh, two-leg money line parlay. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the Seattle Seahawks this week down in Tampa Bay. And, you know, fool me once, fool me nine times maybe, but I finally think that the Bucs are going to get on a little bit of a roll here. Um, the last drive, I finally saw, you know, Braden, the offense kind of look like he's looked for the past 20 years with the, you know, nice nine-yard comeback routes to guys on the outside who probably have no business playing outside receiver like Scotty Miller was, like Julian Edelman used to do. Um, it's just like, where's that been this entire time? Um and look, if they were playing a better team than Seattle, you know, I might, I might even be underrating them. You know, they're six and three division leader, but I still on the road. I, I favor the Bucks in this game to uh, to get it done, get the win. Um, I mean, we're going to pair that up with the Kansas City Chiefs money line at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, the Jags somehow went on the road and you know beat the Chargers earlier in the year, and everybody was like, "Wow, that's amazing!" But maybe that result wasn't as good as it it spoke with the way the Chargers have been, and them going on the road beating another AFC West division opponent. Can't see it happening, especially with how Kansas City kind of played a real close one last week in primetime against the Titans. I think they absolutely blow Jacksonville out of the building this weekend. Travis Etienne or Travis, like he can go for however many yards he wants. Mahomes can throw it 70 times, and no matter what the situation is, the Chiefs still still find a way. So give me Tampa Bay, give me Kansas City, pair those two up, minus 105, pick number one. Well, my pick's fucked because I've got the Buccaneers minus two and a half as my first selection. So me and Mark are on the same side. That usually spells doom. Pete, you're shaking your head. I've got a feeling we got a Bucks bet coming out of you later in this pod. <laughs> but here we go. Let's fire it away anyway. Um, Brady, Tom Brady overseas, 3-0. He's never lost 3-0 against the spread. He's covered every time. Um, other than the trends I can give you here, I understand there's not a lot of uh, emotional positivity thinking that the Bucks are going to get it together considering they've looked like shit all year long. They beat a shitty Rams team. Um, and then, you know, the three losses in a row against Pittsburgh, Carolina, and Baltimore, a banged up Baltimore, very banged up Baltimore in that Thursday night game doesn't give you a whole lot of confidence to feel great about this team. So I totally understand that. But on the opposite side, I bet against Seattle last week. I'm going to bet against them again here this week. I am fate, not necessarily fading them. I'm just selling high. They've been great. I can't ignore that. Geno Smith is playing like a top 10 quarterback. You can't dispute that after nine weeks. The, the quarterback rating, the completion percentage, the numbers he's put up on this offense, they've been fantastic. Kenneth Walker's on his way to offensive rookie of the year. Metcalf and Lockett are still a threat to beat you on any play. Um, and the offensive line and the defensive line in the trenches, they just have straight up performed much better than anybody thought they would. So I give Seattle a lot of credit. They've already gone over their win total. I didn't think they were going to even win three games this year. So give them credit. They're riding a four-game winning streak. That being said, it is Tom Brady. Uh, a lot of the things that Mark said, I do agree, uh, especially in a game like this in Germany. Um, you know, to me, this is going to come down to coaching. And although I think Pete Carroll is obviously a better coach than Todd Bowles, I think a lot of go is going into the preparation in this. And I think Tampa Bay's defense, even though they are without Shaq Barrett for the rest of the year, they're going to find a way to stop the run. And they are going to force Geno Smith to become, um, you know, to beat them with his arm. And he's been pretty good this year at doing that. But I just think uh, Tampa Bay is going to come out with a different intensity uh, coming on Sunday morning here. 
when they're playing in Germany. Um, some quick other things too with Brady uh, that I was that I wanted to hit on here with some of the trends. Um, 3-0 against the spread overseas. He's covered by an average of 20 points per game. So he has no problem um, leaving the country and playing football. In fact, he's actually a much better quarterback. And uh, so I, I think when you get the, the environment situation, especially with the favorites, usually in London, this we get the first game in Germany, the favorites usually do very well overseas. So again, I expect Tampa Bay to step up, get it done. You get the two and a half. You don't even have to have them covered by more than a field goal. So I'll take this uh, any day of the week here. Brady and the Bucks to get to 500. Well, this wasn't going to be my first pick, but what am I going to do? Wait and do the Bucks pick later? And let me break that up one second here for you, Pete, because I just wanted to mention one other thing. If you're looking at any touchdown props here, I don't care if Cameron Brait plays. Gronk Jr., as they were calling him last week, K. Dotton plus 425, anytime touchdown scorer. I love that. I think he's going to find the end zone um, if Brady's got a, a goal-to-go situation, he'll be looking for him. He's been desperate to kind of find those weapons this year because it hasn't been as consistent. So anybody who seems to have a pulse for him right now is going to be given opportunity, and he jumped on it last week. Why not keep that thing going? He also can clearly get into a rhythm. We've seen it with Mike Evans in the past. We've obviously seen it with Gronk in the past. When he starts finding somebody, he's going to keep going back to that well. So I, I love that idea. Uh, Pat on KDOT and people are probably picking him up in fantasy for some spot starts as well. Uh, but yeah, I wasn't going to make this my first pick, but since you guys both already touched on the Bucks game, what am I going to do? Wait for pick four to talk about Bucks minus two and a half? No, it's no, Bucks minus five. two and a half. Pick, pick five, right? Just I'll <laughs> let you guys hang out on a thread the entire time. But no, th this is what you guys all just said, but there's one more piece of it here. And it goes back to that idea that I've been kind of touching on as much as possible this year. And I haven't always done a great job with it, but I've done it a couple times. This is one of them. This year has been one of those seasons where you kind of have to go almost against what you just saw, right? Like you see the saints go out and dominate two weeks ago. They do not show up the week prior or the week right after that, right? They get uh, beat up by the Ravens. It's been happening Every week, week over week, the team that you think figured it out the week prior, they don't quite figure it out again the week after that. And the Bucks, yeah, they won last week, but they didn't like come out in some dominate, dominating fashion, so they don't fall into this. The Seahawks kind of do. It's been so easy since the Seahawks kind of went on their little run here to back the Seahawks as underdogs, to take them as small favorites, and you feel really good about them covering spreads, keeping games close, etc. Now with this two-and-a-half-point spread, the tickets are coming in on the Seahawks. It's a similar situation to what we talked about last week. Right now, 67% of the tickets are on the Seattle Seahawks. That's not normal. That is not something that's normal for a Tom Brady-led team uh, in the Buccaneers to have less tickets on them against the Seahawks when they're just a two-and-a-half-point favorite. That tells me that the public is catching up to the Seahawks, which tells me that the Sharps are going to start fading the Seahawks in this situation. And that's exactly what the tickets are telling me. 67% of tickets, like I just said, only 57% of cash on the Seahawks. That means you have uh, under 40% of the tickets on the Buccaneers, but you have um, you know even more cash than, than that. So it's a 10% swing from a cash perspective. So the sharp money's coming on the Bucs. I'm going to ride that for all the reasons you guys touched on. Bucks are slowly but surely starting to figure it out. Fournette's looking a little better here and there. Some of the offense is getting a little bit healthier. Obviously, the O-line's been a problem. The defense is going to be solid basically no matter what with who they have out there. I like this at two and a half. I would be afraid to tease the Seahawks up. Normally I'd see Seahawks plus two and a half here, 
and I'd tease them up to eight and a half and feel great about it. Not this week. I'm going Buccaneers minus two and a half. So it wasn't my first pick, but it is now. Got to tell you about our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, of course, because NBA fans, the NBA action is just getting started. And so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA pregame Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. We're always talking about new customers getting this, new customers getting that. But guess what? Everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlay. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, total points scored, assists, whatever you want. And then step that same game parlay right up. With bigger payouts than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is the only place I go to bet on the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPM. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPM. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. Pick two. Uh, Again, two layer. Uh, Let's start with the first one. Chicago Bears. I'm going to tease them up to getting four and a half points this week against the uh, Detroit Lions. Um, Detroit beat Green Bay last week. I've really been unimpressed with them all year. Honestly, Rodgers threw – he might have the worst game he's ever had last week, throwing two interceptions inside the five, another one at around the 20. Um, Lions are on the road in this one, taking on probably the hottest quarterback in all of football maybe over the last couple of weeks, Mr. QB1 fantasy-wise since week six, Justin Fields. Um not only do I think Chicago wins, I think getting four and a half is pretty easy here in, in that one, even if they do find a way to lose this game. Um, we're going to pair that up with the uh, Las Vegas Raiders money line at home, taking on Jeff Saturday in his inaugural coaching debut at the Indianapolis Colts. Honestly, it doesn't even really have to do with that. It more so has to do with how pathetic Sam Ellinger looks. Um, he looks like he could use another two to three years at Texas. Same way I think Danny Dimes could use a couple more years at Duke. That's, that's exactly how I feel with Sam Ellinger playing quarterback right now. He's quarterbacking um, a 6-2 and two football team. I mean – Anyway, anyway, he's thrown for 200 yards maybe twice this season, Pat. So give it a rest with Dan, Dan, Daniel Jones. He um, doesn't have to. He runs for 120. And he can't throw the ball. He can't throw the ball. Um, you want to make that argument? I can make the argument that Tebow took a 1-4 team to the playoffs and won a playoff game, oh, yet he never got another opportunity to play, to play QB. Anyway – Bears plus four and a half. Pair that up with the Raiders because it is, I don't know, DEFCON 50 with that team right now, blowing another 20-point lead this weekend. I'm going to say that they get this one. If they lose this one, they should all be fired this week, all of them. Carr, McDaniels, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, they should all just be told to go home and stay home the rest of the year. Um, So Bears plus four and a half. Vegas to take out the Colts, minus 110, pick number two. All right, I'm going to go with a couple of teased over-unders here, going a little bit against the grain, but these are two games. And, you know, the last time I did this, I remember it vividly. It was, I believe it was, well, I don't remember it vividly because I believe it was week two. And uh, the one that ended up costing me was I teased the Jets-Browns up to, I think it was, I got it up to like 48 or something like that. I think the over-under was 41 or 42. And, of course, you had three touchdowns at Joe Flacco, miracle comeback, two touchdowns in the last three minutes. So, yeah, um, I haven't done it since, but I like both these over-unders. I'm feeling pretty good about both of them as they are. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and get a couple of points here for cushion for each. So let's get the Broncos and the Titans. Let's get that up to 42 and a half and take the under. So Broncos, Titans, under 42 and a half. 
And then let's get some insurance uh, on the over of the Browns and Dolphins. Let's get that down to 42 and a half as well. Same number, Broncos, Titans under 42 and a half, Browns, Dolphins over 42 and a half. That's minus 114 odds. And really quickly, a little bit on both here. Broncos, Titans. I'm going to give you the last five games for each of them. Here's the, or the last four games of the Broncos. 21, 35, 25, and 38 points. And for Tennessee, their last five, 41, 48, 29, 27, 37. So please tell me, and what we've just seen, the eye test in this offense, what the hell are they going to do here on Sunday that's going to give you any sort of confidence that this team gets over 42, that this t- game gets over 42 points here? Uh, I don't care that Denver's coming off the bye. Nothing is going to change about how bad this offense has been this year. Um, Unless Russell Wilson figures it out and becomes a top 10 quarterback, which I don't think he ever will again, unless Jerry Judy learns to start catching footballs Um, and the run game, you know, they've got, they've got a solid core, especially now they got, you know, Chase Edmonds here. So um, I still just don't think there's enough offense and flip side, Tennessee's defense, even though not a lot of people, you know, got excited about them. We're talking about them. Their defense has quietly gone about their business. Tennessee only gives up 88 yards per game on the ground. That's Denver's strength. And even though they're past their, their secondaries week, they give up almost 300 yards in the air. I said it going into the Chiefs game. That's the reason I took them 12 and a half. They almost pulled out the straight up win as one of the biggest upsets of the year. The secondary is Ben, but don't break. They get into the red zone and they force turnovers and they hold teams to field goals. Denver is one of the worst teams in the, in the NFL at finishing a drive with a touchdown. So I feel great about that. And I don't care once again, if it's Tannehill or Malik Willis, if Tannehill's playing, they're still going to feed Derrick Henry the ball another 25 times this week. Uh, So there's nothing really in the game script for my opinion that suggests this game goes over 42 points. And then really quickly with the Browns and the Dolphins, Miami, their last three out of five games has gone over 55 points. The other only two that it didn't, Minnesota game where Teddy Bridgewater started and then to his game, uh, first game back against Pittsburgh and the Browns, they've gone over 50 in three out of their last, um, or they've gone over 45 and three out of their last four as well. So I, you look at these offenses, a lot of people don't think Cleveland has a good offense. Just like a lot of people don't think Tennessee has a good defense. If I asked you who's averaging more yards per game, you guys would probably say Miami. You'd be wrong. The Cleveland Browns average 398 yards per game on offense. A lot of that coming from Nick Chubb in this run game. They're going to use that again to eat up chunk yardage. Jacoby Brissett has played fairly well the last couple of weeks. Um, last time they played was uh, Monday night, two weeks ago. They're coming off the bye. He was fantastic against Cincinnati. Now he's got a week to prepare here for Miami and the, and the Dolphins. And this Browns defense is going to have a lot of trouble stopping Miami. They know what's coming. Everybody knows what's coming. A steady dose of Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell. And nobody, especially the Cleveland Browns, have a defense that is athletic enough to keep it in check, especially with Greg Newsom and Denzel Ward being beat up, and especially with a guy that could potentially slow down that offense. And my guy from Notre Dame, Jeremiah Wusu koromoa he's also questionable, even if he plays, probably not 100%. Miami's going to put up points. Browns will put up points. And uh, again, Broncos, Titans under 42 and a half. Browns, Dolphins over 42 and a half. And I would feel comfortable if you bet either one of them straight up. The over, the under for Denver and Tennessee and the over for Cleveland and Miami. Real quick, Pete, question for you, if you could help me out here. Who's the quarterback of the uh, Miami Dolphins throwing to Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill? I believe his name starts with a T and also his second name also starts with a T. Okay, just just making sure, just making sure. Uh, Pat, would you like to respond? I said it a couple weeks ago, two has been very good this year. Um, 
So we'll see how that holds up over the rest <laughs> of the season. He's been very good. Um, and again, maybe I didn't give enough credit to how great Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are because without mm. them, I still don't think uh, Tua is that very good of a quarterback because they're not, they're still not asking him to throw the ball 30 yards, 30 yards down the field. And I said it once the, the first game of the year, I said, look, if Miami can stick to this game plan and get the yak yardage and get the, and get Hill and Waddle involved and get them in space, they're going to be successful no matter who's throwing the football. So yeah, uh, to add on that, Ooh, I out. <laughs> oh, okay. he missed like two games and their offense looked pathetic. So don't say it doesn't matter who's throwing them the football. But it anyway. does matter. Teddy Bridgewater, as, as much as we love him as Teddy covers, he's a backup quarterback in the NFL for a reason. So it does matter who's throwing them the football. Okay, it does matter in the sense that, okay. yes, you have to have a starting caliber quarterback. But I'm saying you could throw Kirk Cousins on Miami, who's also very good. Um, much better quarterback than Tua. You could throw Aaron Rodgers on Miami, and we wouldn't be talking anything about Rodgers and the problems that the Green Bay Packers are having. So I still think Tua. And if you want to rank him, Mark, you're asking for a ranking for me. I, I still have Tua. I have well, I, I have Tua outside of QB for them. That's it. I have Tua outside of the top twelve as a quarterback in the NFL, and probably outside of the top which is, fifteen. Which is which is pretty fair, still, right? Like he still has more to prove. And we just had this conversation on the pod on Tuesday because Alec Argento and I were talking about Daniel Jones and the Giants' offense and whatever. And I went on the point that you know three years ago, as as little amount of time as three years ago was, it was so easy for any one of us or anyone on the in the media to come out and say it's a quarterback league. It's all about your quarterback. If you don't have that, you have nothing. All this, all this type of narrative stuff. And also with that came, you know, receivers are not where you should be spending your money. You know, look at all the Super Bowl championships and all the Super Bowl appearances. Most of those teams are not elite at wide receiver. You can be average at wide receiver if you're elite elsewhere, right? Now it really feels like it's flipping. A lot of teams can be average at quarterback and they are winning by being elite at, at playmaker and at wide receiver. Tua and Tyreek and Waddle are example a, I mean, Tua could be average. He could be very good. He's definitely not great right now, but you can argue between uh, to, between very good or good and slightly below average. It doesn't really matter because of the talent. Daniel Jones is one of those people we argue about. The three of us can sit here and debate him for hours. We're not going to do that right now, but it, he has the antithesis of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. He has guys who can't catch, who can't run fast. Like he doesn't have anybody. So what does Daniel Jones do in that offense? Right? So it's a lot of give and take. It's really hard to pinpoint your your breakdown of, of what these quarterbacks are because of how much the playmaking talent affects what play callers can call and what happens after the ball is completed. That's the big difference right now. And the way the pass game is becoming an extension of the run game for so many teams, it's even more so, right? Like what Pat was saying, it doesn't take a special quarterback to complete five-yard passes to Tyreek Hill. It takes a special Tyreek Hill to make a five-yard pass, a 15-yard pass, a 50-yard pass, whatever. So that's that's where that's where Tua sits right now. Um, but on to my third pick. I'm sorry, my second pick. I'm jumping way ahead here. On to my second pick. I'm going with my first teaser of the week, and I'm going to do your classic two-team, six-point teaser. Going to take the Broncos up from plus two-and-a-half up to plus eight-and-a-half, and I'm going to take the Detroit Lions from plus two-and-a-half up to plus eight and a half. So I'll start with the Broncos and Titans. Pat, you kind of just touched on some of it as well. I expect this to be a close game and I kind of expect it to be a low scoring game. Neither of these offenses are willing or able to blow the roof off of anybody right now. 
So that's that aligns perfectly with your idea of taking the under in this game. They're two teams led by defense. If you want to argue which offense has been better, you can actually argue the Broncos are much more equipped to move the ball. Unfortunately, they're not great at putting it in the end zone this year. I do think we're going to slowly see an uptick in um, in the Broncos in general here uh, from an offensive perspective, just doing a little bit better. I don't think it's going to ever be great. I love, I like them a lot at plus two and a half. I personally will be betting them at two and a half and on the money line, but this teaser spot is just too good to miss up on. You get them at plus eight and a half. The Titans are not built to blow anybody out. They want it to be close. They want it to be tight. They want to make it ugly. That might just be what happens, but they're not going to win by more than eight and a half, which is why I like the Broncos and their very good defense. That's been really consistent this entire year. Doesn't get enough credit because of how ugly it's been on offense. They're going to keep it close with an under like 37 and a half right now. If you get the Broncos at plus eight and a half, you have to feel really good about it. On to the next one. You also mentioned um, some stuff with the bears and the lions. Mark, you mentioned uh, the bears plus four and a half. I, I think the bears have a really good chance to win this game, but I don't want to be blinded by what's gone on the past couple weeks with Justin Fields and the bears looking great and on offense and doing all this fun stuff. Their defense still got shredded last week by the dolphins. As we talked about, they're not a good team. Neither are the Lions. These are two bad teams with semi-explosive offenses, meaning they can be explosive from time to time. They can also be disasters from time to time. This is very evenly matched. That's why the line opened up at one and a half. Obviously, with what Justin Fields has done, the money came in on Justin Fields and the Bears. It got up to minus three, now back to minus two and a half. And that's where you strike with the Lions up through the three, up through the seven. You get them plus eight and a half. You have that backdoor cover possibility against the Bears defense that's not very good right now. And you have a Lions offense playing with some confidence after this game against the Packers. It's just, it's a perfect, it's a teaser that's match made in heaven, right? It's perfect. Both teams, they're uh, plus two and a half. You get them through the three, through the seven, the key numbers, you get up to eight and a half, get a full touchdown plus some uh, to cover that up. And you got two teams in the Broncos and Lions who will keep it close. They play dramatic games all the time. Even if they're not great, you can 100% trust them to keep it close. So that's my second pick. Broncos plus eight and a half and Lions plus eight and a half minus 120. All right, pick number three. Um, Pete, kind of the same matchup you were talking about, except I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to tease the Tennessee Titans up to seven and a half in, the, in this one at home, taking on the Denver Broncos. Um, this is more so just to protect myself in case they lose this game against the Broncos. Russell Wilson, that offense has been pathetic all season long. Titans have, you know, whether it's Malik Willis or Tannehill, seven and a half, getting seven and a half points here should be should be good enough. Um, honestly, last week, I thought the Titans were going to win as the game went on. Why they went away from the read option, the zone read with Willis, I have no idea because they were killing Kansas City with it. Um, they kind of went back more traditional in the second half, and it really kind of burned them. Um now, him as a Willis as a QB, I think his only real issue last week was him just holding on to the ball too long and trying to make hero hero ball plays. I don't really think it's that they you know he can't throw because I don't think that's really a, a an accurate description. Um, but the Tennessee defense should be able to keep this tight. If they do lose, you know they're going to feed Henry the ball twenty to twenty five times. So I feel pretty safe with the Titans getting seven and a half for leg one, and then leg two. I've thought about this game a million times. Um, at some point, Aaron Rodgers has to win another game, right? But and he even owns the Dallas Cowboys. He's seven and two against them, but it's not going to happen this week. The Cowboys are going to go into Lambeau and win. Um, I especially like this with Dallas being off the bye. And again, it just keeps coming back to this with me. That defense is unbelievable. Um, 
Rodgers and Cohen offense have issues every week, and now you're going to take on probably, arguably, the top defense in the entire NFL. I'm not saying they are. Could you make the argument? Yeah, you absolutely could. Um, Packers line has been suspect. The receivers, obviously, no Devontae Adams no longer there. Aaron Jones is hobbled. A.J. Dillon looks like he's taking a step back this year. Give me Dallas, money line with the Titans, plus 7.5, minus 120, pick number three. All right, I'm going to tease a couple of <clears throat> spreads up here as well. Um, and I am also back on the New York Giants train this week here, coming off the bye. I don't trust them to cover the spread, though, four and a half on DraftKings. I'm um, seeing five and five and a half on others. Not that that's a key number, but it's inching a little bit closer towards the touchdown, and I don't think it's going to swing back in the Texans' favor really at all. So, uh, But I, I don't trust the Giants to cover. I don't know why. No, this is one of their first times as a favorite this year. How do they handle being a favorite coming off the bye? And and again, Houston's coming off the mini-bye. They, they won't have not have played since that Thursday game against Philly. So they basically almost have the same exact advantage as the Giants do. Um and Mark writing in the chat, you know why they suck. That's not true. <laughs> Taking them to win. Um, so I do think the Giants win this game. I don't think it's easy because even though it should be on paper, the Giants run, love to run the ball, 162 yards per game on the ground. That's one of the best in football. Texans dead last, giving up 181 yards per game on the ground. You would think Saquon eats. You would think Daniel Jones eats. They probably both will. I just don't trust the Giants are going to re- uh, consistently being able to get seven points in the red zone rather than three. So I think big day for Graham Gano. Uh, but I do think the Giants win, uh, especially because Houston, again, questionables all over the offense. Does Has Brandon Cooks played his last game in a Texans uniform? We don't know. What about Nico Collins? He's still banged up. And Damian Pierce, although I expect him to play, uh, he's obviously a little banged up still. They're, they're capping his reps in practice. He was limited on Thursday. Uh, apparently, he's got a chest and a shoulder injury. I think they're just protecting him, getting him ready for another grueling day of Sunday because that's exactly when it's going to be because they are nothing without him. Davis Mills, uh, you want to take him to throw an interception on Sunday? I would say hell yes. Uh, I don't see any touchdown scoring props for the Giants game yet, but I would take Wandell Robinson if you get him at a good price. Uh, but Giants money line leg one, the second leg. I'm also on the Raiders, but I don't trust them to win this game. So I'm going to get the Raiders up to plus three and a half. The, the Colts are terrible for all the reasons Mark said. Sam Ellinger doesn't belong in the NFL. Jeff Saturday, how disrespectful of a coaching hire was that to other guys that were in deserving spots? And they don't know who the fuck's calling the plays. I mean, if the, if the Raiders don't take care of business, McDaniel should be fired after this game. Um, and they should just hit the reset button once again. Uh, but I do think the, the Raiders take care of business. But again, I have no reason to trust them this year. So in a game that Indianapolis defense, if they show up and this is a desperation spot for them, uh, look, we've seen Vegas have a ton of trouble scoring in the red zone. That could be the case. I don't see any way in hell they lose this game by more than a field goal. So give me the Raiders plus three and a half along with the Giants' money line, and that is minus 105 odds. And uh, for touchdown score props in that one, uh, especially another reason why I don't trust the Raiders. Speaking of which, Hunter Renfro on IR, Darren Waller on IR. So it's basically Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs going to be carrying the brunt of the the load on offense for Vegas. However, one guy that I do like, and again, no touchdown props that I see as of this moment, but a guy that I would take that, that has balled out in similar spots earlier in the year, Mac Hollins, if you can get a good spot on him, anytime touchdown score, I like that as well. So I'm mixing in a couple of props, a couple of big price props for you guys if you want to think about them heading into the weekend. But this bet, again, is Giants money line Raiders plus three and a half. 
Matt Collins, one of those guys that looks good when he, when he's playing, right? Like he catches the ball clean. He's pretty athletic. He's pretty big. It's almost confusing when he has like a no-show game where he gets, you know, two catches on six targets, but that's just been the Raiders offense this year. It's not really like a Matt Collins issue. I don't think their lack of weapons with the injuries to Waller and Renfro have been the problem. As we know, they're blowing leads, right? It comes down to coaching, quarterback play, and the defense there. And, and Matt Collins is one of those guys who I'm impressed by when I see him making plays out there. Um, I'm staying away from that game, though. Let me just add that. I thought about taking the Colts plus five, like just thought about it. One of those picks like, yeah, such an easy opportunity to just take the Raiders. They're going to figure it out. The Colts are going to be a disaster, but it, it might be just one of those stupid, ugly games. That's dumb. And you're going to hate it. And I'm st- that's why I'm staying away. But I, I, I would lean rationally to the Raiders there. I was going to irrationally just take the Colts and, and not watch the game. That was going to be my plan, but I'm not going to do that. Um, instead, Instead, I'm going to irrationally take the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers plus one and a half. That's my third pick. And this one really stuck out to me when I was looking through the lines. I'm saying, you know, when I, when I look through the lines the first time, I try to think what I would have guessed the line would was going to be, right? Try to make my own opinion on what the line's going to be. And then when you see it, you make your assessment if you think it was accurate, wrong, whatever. And then I look at the money. Talk about this a lot. This is one of those key matchups here that Vegas is showing what they think might happen here. The line hasn't moved much, opened at two. Now it's one and a half. Only 67% of the tickets on the Steelers, not only, that's a lot of numbers, but 67% of the tickets on the Steelers, 90% of the cash on the Pittsburgh Steelers. So easy to talk about Andy Reid after a buy, some of these other big coaches after a buy. It's really easy to forget about Mike Tomlin, who is one of the best coaches in the NFL off a bye, getting healthier. There's optimism. That's the word that they use. Optimism that TJ Watt returns against the Saints on Sunday, and that will be a huge spark to their defense. Their defense can cause turnovers. They're uh, upper echelon in the league on creating turnovers right now. That's even without TJ Watt for a good period of time. There's a great opportunity for them to come get a win off the bye. We know what Mike Tomlin's done in his career. It's win games, and sometimes you don't know how. This is an opportunity for them to do that again. There's also been reports out of Pittsburgh saying that there's going to be a, a much bigger focus on getting George Pickens involved. Now Chase Claypool's not in the picture anymore. That's not going to be a problem for them. It's just going to highlight their other talent more. And even Jalen Warren, a guy who's been the better looking running back in Pittsburgh so far this year on limited work is getting more yards per carry before contact, more yards per carry after contact than Najee Harris. And there's going to be another emphasis to get him the ball more. I think Pittsburgh is going to come out of the bye refreshed. They're going to come. Uh, they're going to be playing at home with a better strategy, with more focused mentality on what they're trying to accomplish as a team. And getting TJ Watt back is enormous. The only negative thing about this pick for me is that I will physically be in New Orleans this weekend, which is basically sacrilegious. That I'm going to be betting against New Orleans, my first time in New Orleans, visiting a great city that I can't wait to be at. But the game's in Pittsburgh, so that makes a difference as well. So Pittsburgh Steelers plus one and a half, that's my third pick. Pete, don't feel too bad considering I live five minutes from MetLife and bet against the Giants every week. So, <laughs> And you're a Giants fan. People, people forget. People forget All right. that you're a Giants fan. Pick number four. New York Giants money line against the Houston Texans. I had to lead with it. Why? Because – 
I don't really like many of the other games, so I'm going to go with these clowns, hopefully, to win miraculously again in a game. I Stay can away. easily see them losing. Stay away from them. But as Pat said, he can't see them. He's worried about them covering. Why? Because, as I typed in the chat, they suck. They're horrible. They're the most fraudulent 6-2 and two team in the NFL right now. The only bigger, bigger frauds are in their league is the team across town that plays at the same stadium that's also 6-3. and three. But anyway, look, I, I think they can lose, but no. They're going to prove me wrong this week. They screwed me against Seattle, but they're home in this one. They have zero business losing to the Houston Texans in this game at home. I won't have it. You know, Pat mentioned they're one of the worst rushing defenses in the entire the entire league. Hey, we've got Saquon Barkley. We've even got a quarterback who runs better than he throws, so he should be able to have a damn good game, right? So New York Giants money line, leg one, um, even though I didn't like the news that Xavier McKinney was out on the bye week riding ATVs out in Cabo like we're some sort of Super Bowl contender. But anyway, Giants money line, leg one. Leg two, San Francisco 49ers off the bye week taking on the Los Angeles Chargers Sunday night football in San Francisco. Um, Debo Samuel will be back for this one, I believe. Keenan Allen will not be back for this one, even though they have the same freaking hamstring injury. Keenan Allen seems to have been out for a couple of years, while Debo Samuel is already back in one to two weeks. Um, the Chargers just they're, – they're not the same team. With, without Keenan Allen on the field, it's really that simple. You see the offense struggling every week. Mike Williams is also out. Um, and as I, you know, a little bit of a, uh, go back in from the conversation, this one about Tua, like I said about Herbert, if he doesn't have the weapons, he doesn't look like as amazing as everybody thinks he is. And that's what's going on right now. So give me the Niners, give me the Giants, both to win minus 105, pick number four, cross my heart and hope they get it done. I don't even know what to say to you, Mark. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even want to look at you right now. I, I, like, you, you typed in the chat six minutes ago, they suck. And then you said it with your own words on the air that they suck. Yeah, here you are betting the Giants money line. I guess I respect it. I don't know. I, I don't know if I respect it or if I or if I despise it. Either way, I'm, I'm flabbergasted. That's how I feel. That bet's fucking toast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell you now. Bet Houston. If you're listening to this, bet the Texans. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Mark has been the kiss of death for the Giants for better or worse this year. When you say they're going to lose, they win. And now last week you said they were, or two weeks ago, you said they were going to win and they lost. Uh, let's see if the trend continues. Let's see if the trend continues, I guess. All right. Pick number four for me. I'm going with the Rams straight up minus one and a half right now against Arizona. Um, when it comes to the NFC West, you bet the trends. You bet the trends, you bet the head-to-head coaching records, and you blindly back it no matter who's playing quarterback. You blindly back it no matter where they're playing, no matter what week it is. Sean McVay is 11-1 and against the Cardinals, and he is 6-0 and against the Cardinals coming off of a loss. So they're coming off the loss against Tampa Bay. You hammer them here at home to beat Kyler Murray and the pathetic Arizona Cardinals, Cliff Kingsbury, who we know even in years past when they get off to good starts, he is terrible from week eight and on. 10, 19, and two against the spread. Um, and again, I mentioned, I don't care who's playing quarterback. I don't care if it is the legend of John Walford. Why? Because he beat the Cardinals a couple of years back, not even a couple of years back, was it January of 2021 to get the Rams in the playoffs? And then he ended up beating the Seattle Seahawks in the playoffs. So 
the legend of John Walford, if need, if he needs to come out, he will come out in full force this week on Sunday. Um, and again, I thought Arizona was – I've been waiting on the bounce back for them. I tried to sell high against the Seahawks last week. They got crushed once again. They're just not a good football team. And the faster, the sooner that I accept it and you accept it, the better off you will be, as my dog agrees with me. So give me the Rams here, minus one and a half. Um, you know, again, just just Sean McVay owns Arizona. I'm not even going to say anything more about that. Even if it's John Walford, I don't care. Uh, again, frustrating here that uh, – I still don't see any any time touchdown scores for this game as we're doing this early on a Thursday. Um, but if if I had to take somebody from from L.A., I like Higby. I'm not sure what the odds you'd get on him. I haven't looked at his touchdown props for most of the season, but um, obviously Cooper Cup's the obvious one. Um, but Arizona has had a tough time defending anybody in the red zone, let alone tight ends this year. Um, if you do want to take somebody from the Cardinals. I would go ahead and take uh, another tight end as well. Big, big weekend for the tight ends. I would take Zach Ertz if you think he's going to get in the end zone. So Rams minus one and a half is the bet. I picked up Walford in a fantasy league this week. That is savvy. Well, is it? It's a well, it's a two quarterback league. So just to tell you where I'm at with that, I have Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts. So my quarterback situation is fantastic, except for when one of them is on a bye, and there are zero quarterbacks available that are going to play this week. So I currently have Malik Willis and uh, John Wolford on my bench waiting for hopefully one of them to become a starter. So I don't have to just punt one of my positions in my fantasy lineup. That's where I'm at in a two quarterback, 12 team fantasy league. I think you got to start Johnny Wolf. Oh, uh, if he plays, I will, you know, otherwise I guess I'll just get another zero. I, I had it happen to me when Jalen hurts was on by, there was no quarterbacks available. I just got a zero. And I mean, I mean if you like the Rams too, I would wait because I'm, Stafford's in concussion protocol. Is he getting out of that within a week? I mean, they put him in the protocol on what? Where we found out about it Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, we found out about it yesterday, but it was probably Tuesday they did it, right? Or yesterday? He's going to clear a concussion protocol within a week. I'm pretty sure Wolford's going to start this game. I think they're just going to wait as long as possible. And if you get the Rams plus one and a half, plus two, I don't think Stafford's swinging at four or five points. He might swing at two points. So if you can get him as a pick him, I would wait on this one. But I'm taking him, I'm locking him in now as, you know, we have to. Rams minus one and a half. Yeah, I like it. And the Cardinals have been just so up and down. It's, I mean, not that the Rams have been better. They haven't, but, you know, the Rams defense has been relatively good. So you got to at least count on that. And Stafford's been terrible this year anyway. I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know who, who can try to, I don't know if that's me stating the obvious. I don't know if anybody still thought that Stafford was playing at a Super Bowl level. He hasn't been. He's been terrible watching some of his, some of his out throws and throws into the flat. I mean, he's spiking balls at guys' feet. So if not for Cooper Cup, this team would be in serious jeopardy. But again, like I said, when it comes to inter-NFC West matchups, you bet the trends blindly. There you go. I'm going to bet a trend myself here, Pat, with my fourth pick. I'm going with the Jacksonville Jaguars, plus nine and a half straight as my fourth pick. And, and here's one of the reasons why. The Jaguars have had a weird season as you know they started off decent. They lost game one in a tight one when Carson Wentz came back out of nowhere. They followed up by beating the Jaguars, beating the char. I'm sorry, they are the Jaguars, beating the doors off the Colts, beating the doors off the Chargers, and then have been up and down since then, right? But what they've done consistently, even in all their losses, is lose close, right? So here are their losses this season. They lost by four to the Broncos. They lost by six to the Giants. They lost by seven to the Colts. They lost by six to the Texans, eight to the Eagles, and uh, six to the commanders in week one. They play tight games. And historically, 
the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes have been big favorites a lot. They're one of the most publicly bet teams in the league for obvious reasons. And yet again, here they are with 81% of tickets, according to pregame.com, and only 72% of the cash. So not a big swing in big tickets going in on the Jaguars, but showing that some sharp money is here on the Jaguars. Listen, when the Chiefs are big-time favorites, yeah, they always have the opportunity to win by 20, as they did against the 49ers just two weeks ago. However, when they're big favorites, they typically do not. And this team has not been lights out. Their defense is not lights out. And the Jaguars defensively have actually been very, very solid. They're 12th in the league in yards per play against the pass, and they are um, number four in the league against the run. The Chiefs can't run the ball at all. They're going to have to pass the ball. That's their only real method of, of scoring points here. And as you watch Trevor Lawrence and this Jaguars offense get some sort of rhythm, they are able to put points up quickly if they have to, and they've done it on many occasions so far this year. I think they could easily keep this one close. The back door obviously wide open at plus nine and a half. That's a big boy spread right there. Chiefs are not built to truly just blow people out consistently this year. We just saw them play a really tight game against the Titans last week. The Jaguars don't, they're not that much different than the Tennessee Titans from a talent perspective. They're very similar. They're probably not as well coached because Vrabel's been just an absolute stud for the Tennessee Titans, but Jacksonville is playing their ass off this year. Even with semi-disappointing record right now, they are keeping every single game close. I mean, you look at the best teams that they've played. It's the Eagles. It's the Chargers. It's the Colts. They've kept all those games close. And, and they're going to do it again this week. So plus nine and a half for the Jaguars, fading the public, fading the Chiefs on a big spread who they do not cover very frequently. So that's my fourth pick, Jaguars, plus nine and a half. All right. Time to round it up, uh, wrap it up. Fifth pick for me. Um, it involves this Rams-Cardinals game. And honestly, with the news of Stafford, I'm not feeling great about it. I know Pat said that Wofford has beaten Arizona before, but that was a game where Kyler Murray only played one quarter of that game. Um, but I'm going to go with the Rams plus seven and a half instead of Arizona plus seven and a half, um, for leg one. So Rams plus seven and a half for leg one. And then as to why, look, I looked at that matchup, like I said, and John Walford was actually the leading rusher in that game. So I know the Rams can't run, but they couldn't run in that game either. Cam Akers had like 21 carries for 30 something yards. So it, it really is not going to matter. Um, hopefully Stafford plays and this should be easy. What it really comes down to is the Rams defense has Kyler Murray's number. Um, DeAndre Hopkins will be in Jalen Ramsey's pocket, and then Aaron Donald should be able to wreak havoc on Murray as he drops back to pass or tries to run, and you know. Um, so give me Rams plus seven and a half, and then it wouldn't be my last bet without some craziness in it. So we're gonna parlay that with Kenny Pickett under one and a half passing touchdowns against the New Orleans Saints. Um, Saints have played nine games; they've only given up multiple passing TDs twice all season. And that was to Joe Burrow and the immortal Geno Smith out in Seattle while the game was in New Orleans. But you get the point. Um, I just don't see Kenny Pickett, who's, you know, a rookie struggling to throw completions and throwing a lot of interceptions. Can't see him throwing over two over uh, throwing for two touchdowns in this game. So under one and a half should be pretty easy with the Saints defense. Um so you got, you know, this might be the first pick of the year where it's like, I hate making it, as Pete said, but I'm making it anyway. Um, so Rams plus seven and a half with Kenny Pickett under one and a half passing touchdowns, minus 110. That's about as unconfident as you'll hear the 16 and 29 fighting Mark sound all season. And that will wrap it up for me for week 10. 
All right, fifth pick for me. I am going big dog hunting once again in prime time, Monday night football. Give me the Washington Commanders. I was going to play them in a teaser. Um, I've since gone against that in my mind here. I'm going to take them straight up to cover the spread in Philadelphia against the Eagles, plus 11 right now on DraftKings. Give me Washington, Pete, if you want to put that in straight up, plus 11 for the final pick. And I'm putting some on the money line as well. I think they go into Philadelphia. I think they win this game outright. Um, I didn't back that up with Tennessee in, in terms of my wallet. I, uh, you know, I put together a same game parlay on, on, uh, on Sunday night. And luckily I didn't because they blew a lead that they should have, that they uh, blew a game. They should have won. I think the Washington commanders pulled this game off outright and beat Philadelphia. Um, why? Well, Philadelphia has got a, uh, one of the best offensive lines so far in the NFL this year, if not the best offensive line, but how do you neutralize that? A Washington pass rush that even without chase young has been wreaking havoc in the last couple of weeks. They did it against Minnesota, sack Kirk cousins a couple of times, even though they lost and blew the late lead, lead, blew the lead lead late. Jeez, that was tough. They wreaked havoc against Indiana, wreaked havoc against Green Bay. They have been destroying their opposing offensive line for the last couple of weeks here. And Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen are wrecking games in the middle. Montez Sweat is doing a tremendous job um, getting to the quarterback. So you combine that with the fact that I think Taylor Heineke has been a better, a better quarterback than Carson Wentz all along. And I'm glad that they finally gave him the nod, even though it became with the came via the way of an injury. Uh, the running back game, the running game for Washington, uh, I feel like you're flipping a quarter to find out what you're going to get on a week-to-week basis. Can they run against the Eagles? That will be the difference of whether or not they can win this game. Can they take time of possession away from the Philadelphia offense? Can they keep that Eagles defense on the field and eat up clock? Because that will make the play action that much more dangerous. That'll get scary Terry in space. That'll get Curtis Samuel. I hope Jahan Dotson plays because I think he's the one that can really take the top off of this Eagles secondary. He's questionable to play right now. Even if he doesn't, I've, I really love Washington this week. The same reasons that I thought Tennessee was going to give Kansas City a lot of trouble. I think Washington does the same here. I think they frustrate the Eagles offense. I think they shut down the the running game to the point where if it's not Jalen Hurts, they're going to shut down Sanders and Gainwell. And I think they force Hurts to make a lot of bad passes, something we haven't seen a lot at, at, at all this year. So I go with my gut here. I like Washington plus 11. Some trends to back it up with you, Will. Teams that are undefeated after eight weeks on Monday Night Football, the last five years, 2017, Patriots were 8-0, 10 point favorites, lost outright against the Dolphins. 2019, 49ers, 8-0, six and a half point favorites, lost outright at home against the Seahawks. 2020, how could we forget? The Pittsburgh Steelers took the, the country by storm with the 11-0 start. They lose at home again at five-and-a-half-point favorites at home against Washington the rest of the season. Tailspun. Is that going to happen to the Eagles? Who knows? I don't think the Eagles are going to get out of the NFC in the playoffs, um, and I think they lose on Monday night. Give me Washington, plus 11, Taylor Heineke, legend game. Legend game. Taylor Heineke has been like one of the low-key talks of the town in the NFL recently just because of what what he's done in Washington and how much more consistency he brings to the table than Carson Wentz. And, you know, for the upside you obviously have with Wentz getting getting frisky in any particular game, Heineke can get just as frisky, seemingly, right? And they're they're coming together. They're looking pretty good. And like you said, that defensive line, it has been really solid, Pat. I, I like that idea. Cause the Eagles, man, everyone keeps pointing to that easy, easy schedule. That doesn't mean that the wins are going to be easy. They could very well win this game inside a touchdown, and you can cover that line sitting pretty. So I, I like I like where your head is at there. Um, 
I'm going to go with my final pick here and I'm going to do something that what, what's up? Yeah. Sorry. Just to cut you off. I, my apologies. I tried to find a good uh, pause time there and uh, I forgot to unmute myself, but just really quickly, I just want to throw in some, some two other quick trends here going back a little bit more in terms of the historical context, but double digit underdogs on Monday night football, the last 20 years, 27 and 13 against the spread. So you got really, wow. really good feeling the way about feeling we're really good about that one. And if you think intradivisional games are usually more close, closely fought than normal ones, then you feel even better about this. Um, overall, primetime games in the last 20 years, double digit dogs, 63 and 47 against the spread. So I think this is a really good time to sell high on the Eagles in terms of the ATS. Love it. I love those. Those are some fantastic numbers there, Pat. Good job. And uh, I'll go with some, my last pick here. I'm going to go with a dog as well. I'm going with the chargers plus seven at the 49ers primetime Sunday night. And we were talking about this beforehand. I'm a little confused as to why the spread is where it is minus seven for the Niners. I know what they did uh, before the buy with, with McCaffrey, you know, throwing a touchdown, running a touchdown, catching a touchdown, the whole nine, their offense looks like it could be hitting with a stride here. But the Chargers are a type of team that is used to playing without a bunch of guys. Like we mentioned before we started recording, Keenan Allen hasn't played all year. Mike Williams has been out for a couple weeks now, right? It's not like Justin Herbert is not used to playing a shorthanded here. And seemingly it doesn't particularly matter for him. He can move the ball with Josh Palmer and DeAndre Carter and Gerald Everett and Eckler, who's just been an absolute beast this year. This line's too big for me. If I had to guess, I could imagine this line going down a little bit. Right now, what I'm seeing on pregame.com, 71% of the bets on the 49ers, only 59% of the cash. So some of the sharp money is coming in on the Chargers. I think they could keep this one close. I'm not ready to sit here and say the Niners are ready to now be some big-time favorite against anybody. Chargers are a classic team here that kind of plays their competition for better or for worse. This is a chance for them to show up against a team that is still projected to be a, a big-time playoff team in the Niners. If you look at the Vegas odds for the division, for playoff odds, for uh, NFC Championship odds, the Niners are still up there, and it doesn't quite make sense for me. For as banged up as the Chargers are, the Niners are dealing with their own injuries. They haven't been quite the same since they lost their left tackle. So I think the Chargers and Justin Herbert have a great opportunity here to cover this spread. I'll sprinkle the money line as well. Plus seven, you'll get some good odds on the money line there too. Eckler's been so damn good for them. Herbert's been so damn good for them. Yes, they're playing a team in the 49ers that is supposed to be very good, but they haven't been very good this year. So I'm not going to trust them to be a seven-point favorite against anybody, especially against a team in the Chargers who seems to play to their competition every week, whether they're supposed to be a 10-point favorite or now a touchdown dog. I like them to keep it close. So Chargers plus seven, that's my final pick. There we go. That's all we have. How we feeling? How we feeling, fellas? We feeling good about the week 10 picks here? I'm feeling frisky. Feeling frisky. Mark, how you feeling? Feel good. Um, but then again, I feel good every week. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, 16 and 29. Um, as of right now, the light at the uh, end of the tunnel is still the oncoming train. Um, but uh, go birds. <laughs> go birds. Unbelievable. Just a bad friend, bad guy, Marshall <laughs> Lugan, bad guy, bad Didn't fan. Even... Why do you like? To, why do you claim yourself? You're not a Giants fan. Not a Giants fan at all. Zero percent. I wish you rooted for the Giants as hard as you rooted for the Nets. Big win last night, Peter. Big big win. 
You know, I guess Kyrie doesn't need to play. They could be a laughing stock and we'll still kick the Knicks ass. It really doesn't matter. So, oh man. Well, let me add one more thing that I forgot to mention before. Um, Underdogs between the spreads of three and 10 this year have been absolutely crushing, absolutely crushing. So that could mean it comes crashing down to earth or it continues and the public doesn't learn, right? The public will not learn. They're betting 70%. Uh, of the tickets on the Niners, 70% of the tickets on the Cowboys, you know, 70% of tickets on the Raiders. I I already talked about some of the other ones where it's 70, 80, 90% of tickets on some of these favorites. And that just gives us opportunity to try and be sharp here, right? We're not sharp betters, but we try to be sharp as best as possible. And if you just ignore that stuff and keep going where the public's going on some of these favorites, they're not covering. They're not getting it done this year. So with my picks in particular this week, I have um, underdogs in the Chargers, underdogs in the Jaguars, underdogs in the Steelers, two underdogs in my teaser. It's an underdog year right now. This year has been making zero sense, and a lot of these games are coming down to the wire. Usually when you see minus one, minus two, those are numbers that you almost hardly care about. Those numbers have mattered this year. The numbers that haven't mattered have been four, five, six. Those ma- numbers have not mattered much this year. So I'm hoping that continues with my picks this week. So here we go. Two, two, and one for me last week. Two and three for Pat. Two and three for Mark. I'm 20, 24, and one on the year. Pat, 19 and 26. And the fighting Mark Shenlugan, 16 and 29. Trying to climb back to 500 are we all. And we hope to do so here in week 10. Pete, I'm going to say 5-0 and oh this week for me, and if not, I'll, I'll do something drastic. You do something – not shaving your head, though. Not shaving my head. No, we're past that. That was, a, that was a thing. I actually ran past that video on my computer when I was cleaning up some files the other day. I was moving stuff to a hard drive, and that one, I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep this one on the computer. I want it to be handy just in case I ever need to pull back the old stomping grounds of you in your sweatshirt, shirtless underneath with the chain hanging out pulling the hood off and said, if I don't have a winning week this week, I'm shaving my head. And what, and what happened? Winning week. And then you went I, on a run, went on a tear after that. I've put my hair on the line a couple of times. I put my hair on the line on the DA show a couple of weeks ago. I said, if the Phillies didn't make the world series, I'd shave my head. So maybe, maybe I got to say, if I don't put up a winning week here. Nah, nah, not yet. Not yet. No, yeah. this is the desperate this is desperation spot for me. <laughs> Back against the wall. Your season's on the line here. Pat. We're running out of weeks. So I got to get above 500 sooner or later. Sooner or later. And we'll try to do it here. We'll try to do it here. So Subway Sports Talk, Pat Boyle, Mark Shen Lugan. Thank you guys for listening. Follow us on social media at Subway Sports Talk, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, as well as on your podcast apps. Of course, subscribe, rate, and review there. And lastly, on YouTube, subscribe, hit the notification bell. When you so you know when we drop videos. Also, Black Panther will kind of forever dropping on Thursday here. I'm seeing it next week. Can't wait to talk about that as well. Uh, moving on to in a week or so. Basketball, football, everything's happening. Hockey, let's do that. Hockey, all that stuff's happening. So great time to be a sports fan as always. Thank you for listening. Subway Sports Talk. Cheers. <laughs>